welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. Let me tell you where we're going to be today as you're all hopping on. Um, I We're going to be, this is our last week of seeking and expecting miracles. So I'm super excited about this one. It's just going to bring everything uh, together for us, for all the miracles we've been talking about, what we've learned about. Um, we are going to be in Elder Karen's talk, which has a really long title. He is risen with healing in his wings. We can be more than conquerors is the name. Okay, that's the talk we're going to be in. And then the scriptures that we're going to be in are Alma 7, 11 through 13. Um, I wrote 11 through 12. We don't know why. And then Isaiah 61, 1 through 3, and then Romans 8 is the um, is the big part that we are studying. So we'll be in all of those places this morning, depending on what we get to. And then um, we're just, I'm waiting for our cute guests to come and um, join us. And Julie, I think you're coming from your account right now. So will you just verify that you're in mine and then send their request again um, and tell me if that's not working. Um, so we have a cute friend, Julie, is going to join us, but we're going to be, yeah, the talk is Elder Kieran. He is risen with healing in his wings. We can be more than conquerors is... Um, where you want to be. And then um, we'll be in Alma 7 and we're going to be in um, Isaiah 61 and Romans 8. So every book of scripture today, practically, that is what we're doing right now. Okay. And from my account, so nobody get confused when we're live on Inklings and we're live on Emily Bell Freeman. Oh, yay. Hi, here I am. Here you are. That's so fun. Um, okay, let's start out by introducing you because that will be really fun. Um, so this is Julie, who's joining us today. I'm super excited to have her here with us. And tell us a little bit about you. Oh, that's always a loaded question, right? <laughs> In what context? My name is Julie Taylor. I um, I do kind of motherhood coaching and, and different things over on my account. And sometimes I just make jokes. We're just, we're just here to have a good time. But I'm really excited to be here. I never thought that I would be in this position here with my history, but I'm very excited to be here and honored to get time with you today, Emily, as always. Oh, I'm so excited that um, you are here with us. And 
both of us, Julie and I are super excited about this talk. Um, I don't know about you, but from conference, usually when I watch conference, there are a couple talks that are just standouts for me in my life. And I think it has to do with like what my story is, what's going on. And this was a standout talk for me in my life when, when this talk happened. Dropped what I was doing and was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay, getting real now. So. Yes. <laughs> This is the main talk I remember from all the conference, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I'm so excited Julie is, um, this is the talk Julie gets because that is what she said, is it was her favorite talk from um, conference. And um, they're just, no matter what is happening in your story right now, there are so many things I feel like in this talk that are going to help us and strengthen us and, and just help us to be able to move forward from whatever it is that we're struggling with. Yes. Um, it, just so much wisdom is what it felt like um, to me that you could tell this, this was something Elder Karen has been working on for a long time because there was so much depth all the way through the talk is what I felt like. Yeah. It was so like heavy hitting through the whole thing. But one thing that I like is that I feel like the more specific we get, the more universal the problems get. So like, this is a very, he talked very directly and very specifically, which they don't often do in conference. So it yeah. was kind of cool to see like something talked to so directly, but I feel like when we get that specific and that direct, you also can, it gets so universal. You can apply it to so many different things in your life. So even if his specific directness wasn't to where you are right now, I pulled things that I was like, which, you know, it was kind of specific to me at the time, but there's so many things in this that no matter where you're at or what your story is, they're just universal truths and helps that I think everyone can use. Yes, which are which is so good. And what Julie and I decided is we are gonna um, kind of let this talk um, take up most of the hour that we're together. But I'm going to throw those scriptures in just as we get to different talking points, because I think we will, because they're they're kind of throughout his talk. So I'm just going to say one more time, because now everybody's here. Romans 8 is one of the places that we're going to be. And then we'll also be um, in Isaiah, which is so fun, because we're, we're about to study Isaiah, everyone in Come Follow Me. Um, so we'll be in Isaiah and then we're going to be in Alma seven, one of my, probably my favorite scripture that teaches about grace is in Alma seven. So we'll hit all those places and then, um, we'll, uh, let me explain this too, for those of you who are joining from Emily Bell Freeman, um, welcome to Inklings. This is Inklings. So I'm coming on from Inklings. Julie came on from Emily Bell Freeman. And so if you're new and you have never been to Inklings before, if you're on from Emily Bell Freeman, this is our Thursday morning Institute class that we do. It's one hour from nine until 10 and women from all over the entire world join uh, this Institute class. And it just is one of my favorite parts of my entire life is the women who are here and the conversation that takes place here. Um, it's just, I, I love being here. I look forward to Thursday mornings. This is one of my happy places is Inklings. Um, so we will, um, 
we'll kind of get into Julie. You'll just share your story as we go, so people can get to know your heart and um, and what is going on. But I think we just dive right into this talk, and so I'm gonna let Julie kind of lead her favorite places in the talk, and and we will just all discuss from there. Sounds good. Um, okay, so from the very beginning. One of my favorite things that he opens with is, you know, sharing these these great stories, right? Like Apollo 13. And when we hear these great stories of survival, you know, will w could we do it? Could we do mm -hmm. it? Asking ourselves that. And one thing that I've seen a trend in, in my life and, and others is that sometimes the really big stuff is almost not easier, but it, it is kind of easier. Like the when you have a big thing, a big thing that you can share publicly or that makes sense like it's it's culturally accepted to be struggling with it right mm. it's kind of like then it's easier to to get through because you can get support it's more comfortable to reach out it's more comfortable to ask for help um and even with yourself you kind of give yourself more permission like yeah this is a hard thing this is why i'm struggling because this is a hard thing and so when i was when he opened with these big stories, but then kind of shifted to like, what is your story of survival? You know, are you asking yourself, will I ever be rescued? Will I make it through my survival story? And so t already shifting it from these big stories that we hear to kind of like, what is your survival story right now? Like what mm. are you now? And a lot of the things that we go through that become our survival stories are things that we can't share publicly in respect to other people's privacy or because of our own vulnerability or safety. And especially on the topic of abuse, which we address in this, there's oftentimes you cannot share that publicly. And be, besides all the shame and fear, which we'll get to later in the talk, but you, you just can't share everything. Yeah. Publicly. And so it's often these things, not just abuse, but these, these other things that are things you can't share publicly or that maybe aren't framed culturally publicly as big hard things to go through that are harder to get through because we don't we can't say oh I got this big diagnosis everyone flood around me and let's let's get through this together these, these are the things that we carry in our hearts in the dark awake at night staring at the ceiling wondering if we're going to make it yeah and I love how you're describing that and also addressing that because I think that is so true um, there are some things that we we publicly can ask for our community to support us through. And there are some trials we walk through that are private, like just us and God um, are walking through those trials together. And I love like calling that out. I love saying that is reality for yeah. us. I think that a lot of people are in these secret times of survival. And it's, it's important for us to remember that other people are usually in secret times of survival. They're mm -hmm. in their private survival stories and to, to give people the benefit of the doubt and to meet people with kind of that understanding. And it, it just shifts. But I know in my own life, when I've given myself more permission to say, this is okay that I'm struggling with this. This is, this is okay. And, and learning how to, this is why it's such an invitation to turn to Christ because mm -hmm. in the, Times when it's private, there is nowhere else to turn. Sometimes it's such an invitation to to turn to Christ specifically because it becomes the only way. And I yeah, think I think that's so good. And I love 
um, I, I was just actually working on a project and I had written in the, in part of this project that during this really dark time in my life, I had learned it was better to cry at night because if people didn't see the tears in the daytime, they thought I was getting better. And so, but at night, I just, that's when I would fall apart. And one of the feedbacks that I got from that was, um, I don't think we should promote that kind of story. Like that's not healthy. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, well, it might not be healthy, but it is true. Like mm -hmm. there are a lot of us who cry in the midnight hours and, and that is true. And I love the thought of just like addressing the fact, whether it's healthy or not behavior, mm -hmm. it's real behavior. I, and that I, there are those struggles in the midnight hours where only Jesus is there to witness it. Right. And I think sometimes it's not even a matter, like it could not be healthy. Sometimes it is the only thing it's the only realistic way because it's not safe or maybe it's not ours. I know as a mom, your children's stories become their own. And when they're struggling with something mm. and you're sharing it, it is not my story to share. It's yes. not a thing to call out for. It is theirs. And in respect to their privacy and their choices and their lives, that's not a burden I can share with people or in situations of abuse. Often the, the abusers are in a position where it's not safe for the victim to speak out. It's not an option for them. And so mm. we understand that, no, I don't think that crying alone at night is the healthiest option, <laughs> but I think that sometimes it's the only one. Yes. And so that's why we have to look to Christ for the support because mm. it, only way and yes and yes i i'm the biggest promoter i um i also work for deseret book and the magnify community building that community and i am passionate about building the community of us showing up for each other and reaching out more but we have to do it with the understanding that sometimes people can't reach out and sometimes we get to be christ's hands in that in that situation but yes. Christ is the only way and That's so good. We can only help by extending Christ's love, right? That's really all that we can do for each other. And anyways, I won't spend too much time stuck on that, but I, I really do think that it becomes the only way. Yes. Yeah. That's really good. And, and I love the thought of just acknowledging that among us, that that is like, you're not the only one crying in the midnight hours and because sometimes I think we might be because nobody's talking about no well, and then that. when we say things like that's not a healthy cope then we have shame for how we're coping like right oh, now I'm crying alone at night and I'm also feeling shame for that this is how I deal right yes. like sometimes eating a Twinkie in my closet is what I need to do and I don't need to feel shame that that's how I'm dealing right now yes right? <laughs> if the only way we're coping then becomes something we're shamed for yeah problem right so, who loves that twinkies are the coping mechanism i have some in my fridge just for that exact reason it's just sometimes that's really the only <laughs> way, you know oh that is you awesome to not label things as like oh that's an unhealthy way to cope because when you're in this position of desperation when you're asking will i be rescued will i make it through we can't be shaming whatever it is you're holding on to to get through right mm. we just have to get through and these these feelings like who has not felt that feeling of, will I be rescued? Like, please help me. Who's coming? Yes. Who's Who getting can help me? 
Yeah, who's going to help me get through this? That's so good. Um, really good. And well, and I love that he follows it up next with the answer is yes, you can survive and you have already been rescued. Like, yes, you can yeah. do this. You yes. can do this. I've started to hate the the phrase of like, everything's going to be okay. Because I'm always just like, at what cost? Will everything <laughs> like, I'm glad everything will be okay. But at what cost? Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like sometimes it's not the way that we want it. But yeah. Uh, okay. I don't I feel like I'm just like, plugging through. I don't know. No, it's so good. We're doing so good. Julie, we're doing so good. <laughs> um, he then starts addressing the, um, he wants to speak directly to those who feel as though there's no way out of their survival story because of the trauma inflicted by the cruel actions of others. And I wanted to speak to a little bit of this feeling of there is no way out. Because I think that's a, a common feeling when mm. you're, when you're in something hard is like, there, there's no way out. And one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is I was kind of in a situation last year where I did not see a way out. And I remember I was driving and I was sobbing and I was just praying out loud. And I was like, save me from this, get me out. I don't know. I don't know how to get out. There is no path out. I couldn't see one. And the thought just came to me of like, we don't have to problem solve for God. Like, luckily we are people who believe in the impossible being made possible through Christ and through mm, our That's so good. So when we're in these places and we can't see a way out, that's intentional. We don't see as God sees. And so we don't need to keep problem solving. We keep thinking, how do I get out? How do I fix this? How do I change this? We problem solve and problem solve and problem solve. And at the end of the day, it's, we believe in miracles. Yes. We believe that impossible things can become possible. And so it's not up to us to figure out how it's going to work out or how we're going to be rescued or how that's a burden we don't have to carry, but we make it our own because we like that control. And that makes us feel like we are safe or it makes us feel productive or, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we try to hold on to that. But at the end of the day, we have to let go and trust that the beautiful part of of inviting Christ into a problem is that it's no longer our problem to solve. Yes. That's and so good. And, and do you, did you think this, cause I've had that same time in my life where I was like, I'm never going to get out of this um, situation and I couldn't see a clear path out. And what happened for me is it, it made me feel frantic. Like mm -hmm. I started getting into this pattern of like, I'm seriously never going to get out of this. Yeah. And um, what I found is that's such an easy tool of Satan to make us feel frantic. And if, if we're ever in that thing of just like that, it's high anxiety, right? It is such high anxiety. And for me, it became such a pattern that I was like, I'm going to always live in this high anxiety place for the rest of my life. This is like my new normal. Yeah. And what I realized is, I had to find quietness. I had to find quietness. And when I figured out how to find quietness, which was actually really hard for me at that time. So yeah. I don't want you to think it was just like I could flip a switch and I was like, oh, I'll just be quiet now. I like had to study how to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And when I figured that out, he could talk to me. And for me, the way out of that place happened in really quiet 
moments. And it was like one step at a time, which was a little bit frustrating. I'm not going to lie. It was a little bit frustrating going through the process of that. But one of the things that it taught me is um, that he, because he's with us one step at a time, I learned he wasn't going to leave. Like if he only is going to give me the next step, then I have to start trusting it's because he's going to still be with me for the next step after that. I love and that. you start realizing that that slow process it is endearing you into that relationship. Of, Let's walk this road together. That's the way out yes. is us walking the road together and that he would send solutions. Mm-hmm. He would send what would eventually resolve that for me, but it happened in the quiet moments. And it really, for me happened one step at a time. I don't know if that was true for you, yeah. but that was true for me. I, that is how, I mean, I think God works through small and simple things. I, I think most often it is small, simple, step-by-step things. And when we want, I think more often what we have in our mind of being rescued is a hand to pull us out. Mm. Often it's a really long ladder that, that we get. Yeah. (laughs) And, and so, but I think it's important to notice that it gets better every rung that you climb. So Mm -hmm. it is gradual deliverance, but I think then you look back and you see like, Oh wow, I, I really have been pulled out. But what you said about, I think Satan wants us to feel frantic. Yeah us to feel trapped. I think those are two tactics of, because is there a more hopeless feeling than feeling mm. Yes. You feel powerless. You feel stuck. You feel completely limited. Yeah. Like you not have another way. And so I think that feeling of being stuck and then frantic energy, which I don't know anyone, if you follow me on my account, frantic energy is something I talk a ton about. I decided about eight years ago that I was done with frantic energy because I just was that same place of like, yes. oh, and always. And I was like, this is a problem. Like this is not a peaceful place to live. I cannot maintain. And so I kind of made a deliberate decision where I was like, I was actually in a 12 step addiction recovery program at the time. And I've left the church twice, big times and, and come back. Right. And I, one of the times I came back was through this, this doing the 12 steps. And in 12 steps, you just learn to try to keep stability when life is going like this. And so I learned that first through 12 step work of finding a constant and not giving in to these crazy highs and lows and frantic, crazy energy. And in doing that, it required me to let go of a lot. I had to let go of control of how I wanted things to be. And to, because to choose peace, I had to let go. Yes. I've since learned that lesson again more recently as in that's what peace in Christ is mm. that you're okay. Even when none of this is okay. Yes. But when that's we really believe, good, when we believe when people say everything will be okay, if we believe it's because of circumstances changing, no, it never will be okay. Probably. But when we think of being okay, as I get to be okay, I get to say no to frantic energy. Oh. I get to say yes to peace. Yeah. regardless of these circumstances, that's when we get that stillness and that peace. But as long as our peace is reliant on circumstances, we'll never get there. Mm. Christ is truly the only way to achieve that. And I like, there's a scripture, it's not in this talk, but I read it yesterday. It's uh, Philippians 4, 7. 
It says, mm -hmm. of God, which surpasses oh. all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. And I just love that visual so much of it surpasses our understanding. It won't make sense. And that's been my experience as I've healed from things in this last year of my life. I've been like, it doesn't make sense that I feel this okay. Yeah. It doesn't make sense that I'm, I'm heartbroken. I, there's all the things still happening, but in my soul, there's this peace that I've never felt before in all of my life. And at some points things have never been worse and I have never felt more okay. Yes. And that's only because Christ. It's yes. understanding. It doesn't make sense. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. And I love um, how that one actually leans into. So you were in Ephesians four um, at the towards the end. Is that where you were? Yeah. Um, and I I love how that or was it three? If, oh, it was Philippians four seven. Oh, Philippians four seven. And I love putting that with Ephesians three, thirteen through twenty one, and then this scripture in Romans eight. The three of those together are such a great triangle of Christ's love, which we cannot understand, like mm -hmm. the height and the breadth and the depth, like we can't understand it, but we can experience it. Yes. Which I think is so interesting. And I, I love that. Um, I love that Paul wants to keep coming back and telling us, let me tell you how Jesus loves. Let me tell you how he loves and that through that love we will be more than conquerors mm -hmm. that's what's going to happen is that love that we can't even understand is what will make us more than conquerors someone wrote in the comments what does it mean to more than conquer something and um i love i was looking up the hebrew meaning of that phrase and it talks about a decisive victory so you didn't just win, you, you like decisively won that thing. And I love that thought of that. that is you're not just going to conquer it. You are going to like, there's no question. You will more than conquer what that thing is with, through the love of Christ. And then this is the one that talks about for, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things come, not height, depth, or any other creature can separate us from that love, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I have in my scriptures, I underlined all those, um, those words right there. And sometimes I put in my own life story. Mm, that's happening but i am persuaded that this thing that's happening with this child and this thing that's happening with my work and this thing that's happening here none of this can separate me mm -hmm. from his love not none of it can none of it. that no matter what he is gonna be there with me in that and that love will be more than i can understand but it will be what gets me through and I love the thought of that and and those three together someone just put them in Ephesians 3 and Philippians 4 and Romans 8 Romans. Um, at the end you just you kind of want to study all three of those together because you're going to learn something about Jesus um, that you might you might not have picked up in your story yet. yeah yeah I love that I love all of that so much and I love while we're just while we're at that part, 
I loved when Elder Karen wanted to talk about those three like stages of healing mm -hmm. uh, that I put at the very end of that Inklings post because yeah. I thought it was so like he did such a good job of articulating those three stages of healing. And I love that he called them out because um, I, I think we lean to, well, I just have to conquer this. And we don't allow ourselves permission to like just survive it right, right. now and then learn how to overcome it next. Yes. And, and then you will conquer it. I, I really love that he set up for us those three stages because when you're in surviving, really all you can do is survive. Yes. And, and uh, God will still send his love in if all you can do right now is survive, mm -hmm. he's still going to send that love and grace, right? Yeah. Uh, I like to talk about three stages of grace mm -hmm. also in my life. Um, and one is that saving grace. It is the grace that meets you in the surviving um, when you need to be rescued and delivered. And, you know, there is a grace that just comes in that moment where you're like, I, I can't even think about moving forward past this because I'm barely surviving. And I love that he's like, okay, I will meet you there mm -hmm. in that place. Yeah. And um, the next grace is a transforming grace. It is a lifting grace. And for me, once I have experienced the saving grace, for somehow it gives me that enabling strength to move to the lifting Grace. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because I trust him because he met me where I was surviving that mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, where should you take me next? Yeah. You know? And, and then we experience that lifting grace, that grace that's going to begin to start transforming you and helping you to overcome. Like you're going to become what will allow you to overcome. Yes. And then we're going to get to that place where we have conquered it. And I think that comes with responsibility. Like if I am at the place where I have conquered something, then I can actually give grace to someone else. I now can meet you in your story where yeah. you are. I can see someone who is merely surviving because I have been in that place. And I can use words to help lift someone in that place because I know what it was to be lifted. Um, like, like I can help you as a conqueror. I have a gift of charity that is different yes. because I have actually lived that story before. Yes. And now I can love you through, through it. Through. Absolutely. And I think, yes, yes, yes. To everything you said. And I, I feel like one of those things is trusting you know, when you share something with someone and they say, at least, or look at the bright yes. side, you feel so dismissed and you just feel like, okay, thank you. Like, yeah. <laughs> thanks for nothing. It's, it's giving yourself that permission. When you're in a situation, you don't have to skip to the conquer, right? You don't have to skip to forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Talks in here about time. It takes yes. Yeah, let's surrender. go to that place because that part was so good. It takes time and surrender. And I think it's – so now that I'm at this end, right, a conqueror, I can see just yesterday I was on the train riding home from work because I, I take the train every day. 
And I was thinking about how now I can see the bright side. I can see the gifts of the situation mm. because I've healed as much as I've healed. But yes. if you had me in my hurt to see these gifts, I would have, no, it was, I was hurt. I wasn't okay. I was yeah. in survival. I was wounded. I needed the healing to be able to accept like now. Yes, I can see the thing I was thinking on the train yesterday was my capacity for peace and joy has the pain opened up spaces where now I feel a level of peace and joy that I never was capable of before because mm. of the pain that I experienced. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that Christ has come into my life. And I now feel this grounded peace in Christ, like nothing I've ever felt. Mm. before. I'm grateful for that now, but I couldn't be grateful for that when I was barely surviving the experience. Yes. And it's this time and it's this process and not holding ourselves. Christ doesn't hold us to the conquer stage in the survival stage. Right. So we can't hold ourselves to that. Yeah. It was um, in Steve Young's book, The Law of Love. I don't know if you guys have read that. I, I love that book. Yeah. But he talked about this idea that you're explaining too of like when, when we go through something, we become the conquerors. It's alchemized in Christ. And then we get to go be the next yes. helper, right? I can help women going through postpartum depression different than anyone else because I You've lived it. I've done it. And we then get to become these tools through Christ to go and help other people in a really special way and share Christ's love and peace in a different way than we would have been capable of before. And that is another gift of being a conqueror. Yeah, of going through it. And let me tell you the three graces because I've confused you. Sorry, everyone. So the first one, saving grace. That's the grace that meets you where you are, as you are. The second one is um, exalting grace. That's the grace that lifts you, transforms you, and increases capacity. The third one, um, the best word for it is actually a Jewish word. Um, it's hesda. It means it's, it's how you respond with grace, and it's action. Like our Israeli guide called it action on the ground. Um, sometimes I describe it like this, from grace to charity. Um, it's because of my inward understanding of grace that I am then able to give grace, right? Because I have been met where I was as I was, and I have been lifted in that place. Now I can go meet someone where they are as they are and lift them in that place. And, and we would probably call that charity, but it is a charity that comes from a place of grace an understanding of grace so saving grace you could call it transforming grace if you want to or exalting grace and then um hesda we would use the jewish word which is from grace to charity it's grace in action that's what the third one is um and i have been writing so the, i have the first grace is in grace where you are the second grace is described in grace to become. The third grace is coming out next spring, and the book will be called From Grace to Charity. So you will have all three in a row. Um, and I love just going back into this talk. That one line, did you love that one line to those who are surviving? Yes. Where he said, 
we weep with you. Yes. Like that one line was so powerful to me. And, And I think that is the like meeting people where they are as they are is just that like weeping with you. There's yeah. something so beautiful in that. Yes. Well, and I love that he addresses it not like whatever happened to you, he's not ashamed of you. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you in a way that you have yet to discover. And mm-hmm. he addresses that shame and fear are barriers to getting help and to, and to getting out of the situation. And I think it's important to address that God never speaks through shame and mm. God that's so good these feelings they're just barriers they're keeping that frantic energy they're keeping you trapped those are the barriers but especially in situations of abuse it is a mind trip because you believe it's your fault you're problem solving you're trying to understand it right you're trying to figure out what did I do to deserve this? Like, this has to be my fault in some way. This has to, and you'll just keep going back to that place over and over and over again. And when we can break out and, and get rid of the shame and understand Christ is not ashamed of you. He's not disappointed in you. And I think there has been some narratives in the past of kind of shame, kind of used, you know, yeah. and I think that we've made a lot of progress of not going back to those shame narratives because shame, yes is never inspiring. It's never something that makes you want to change or heal or get better or get yourself out of a situation. Shame will keep you trapped. It's that same, that same which thing. Satan, which Satan would yes. love, right? Yeah. Like I feel like Satan's voice, if you could um, hear it, is filled with so much shaming. Yes. That, that is oh. what he knows how to do Absolutely. really well. And I think another one of these, when we talk about like kind of the, in the conquering stage, the things that we can see is, this is another one. I think when he says, he loves you in a way you have yet to discover and you will discover it as you trust in his promises and as you learn to believe him when he says you're precious in his sight. To me, that has been a gift of the conquering stage is understanding the love on a different level than I ever would have been able to access before. Yeah. I don't want to say that it's, it's hard when we're suffering, right? When we try to explain suffering and why suffering happens. And that's a complex issue for another day. But I Well, think- actually, let's just for one second, because I do think that's an important part of this conversation is, especially when you are talking to someone who has suffered abuse of any kind, mm-hmm. of any kind. And, um, I think it is so hard because one of the main questions is why did God give me this Yeah. Um, as part of my story? Yeah. And one of the things that I have learned as I have sat in this with people is, um, and this has to do with abuse, but it has to do with the hard things of mortality always. This is my own personal Emily Freeman belief, but I don't believe God gives us those things. I believe mortality does. Mm. And we chose to come to mortality. We chose to come to a broken world where people had agency. We chose that and we knew it was going to be hard. We knew there were going to be broken things here and agency. And this is the part that we have to hold on to is God allowed us 
to come Mm -hmm. to this place because we needed growth in this place. And so I don't think God gives us those hard things, but I do think God does allow mortality to happen. Don't you think I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been thinking about how my gut reaction as a mom is to alleviate all bad things for my children, right? I just want to save them from all suffering. I don't want them to go through anything. I don't want them to experience specifically what I had to experience or, right? We just want to save them from the experience. And as I've been thinking about God's relationship with us, it's so hard to sit on your hands as a parent and be like, I'm just going to let them learn. Like they, they have to learn. Like, yes. And, but think about your own life. Like we have to learn. We've had to yes. learn learn by going through these things and I wouldn't want someone to take away everything I've been through so that I wouldn't be where I am right right parent just sit on your hands and to lay awake at night staring at the ceiling it's so hard and it's only through God's example with us that I've been able to trust that that is the right that is what loving someone is loving someone is not completely putting them in a bubble and never letting them experience anything And but we w- and that's what we wish. We wish, yeah. But that was Satan's plan, right? Yes. No one would have agency. No one would be able to experience um, any of those hard things that, that actually allow growth. And, and sometimes we all look at the hard thing and think, this is not the story I wanted. Nope. Right? This is not the mortality I wanted to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, because mortality is hard. It's hard and it's painful and it hurts. But like what you were saying, what you went through increased your ability to feel peace and joy and to actually know Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, that, that, in my mind, that is the blessing of mortality. And I'm so sad for the people who, who don't, have that resource in Christ because he he allows us to go through the things but never alone yes access to peace never without access to help to being rescued it's we're not fed to the wolves here we we have to go through the things but we have we have something to get us through and I I find a pattern that in my my parenting of like they're gonna go through it and then I'm gonna be here for them right yes and we can't fix everything because it surpasses our understanding. Yep. Not only is this not the story we want, often the solution is not the solution that we want. Yep. It's not, we wanted it. We wanted the circumstances to bring peace, not to yeah. ask the Christ to bring the peace, right? Yes. <laughs> and, That's so true. That's a really so much, important statement. It would be so We much want fun. the circumstance to bring peace. And what if the circumstance never resolves? It might then, never then the only peace is in Christ. And if that yeah. can become our center, then healing comes. When we can let go of controlling the circumstance, and it really then it healing comes. That we get that power back of like, these circumstances aren't going to control my frantic energy. I don't want to feel frantic, so I'm not going to feel frantic. And that, that requires a lot of surrender, but Mm. I had that realization recently where I was like, I really wanted this to be okay circumstantially, but instead it's okay because I found Christ. So yes, that's really, really good. And so I, I just, I love that he talks about like, 
remembering your identity as a son or daughter of God. Like that, that's what we just keep yeah. coming to, right? That's what everything has come back to. Yes. Like, when you remember you are glorious, you have, I love Michelle Craig always says you have divine DNA. Yes. Like, that is, that is it. That is it. When we can return to that. So these, these feelings of fear and shame and um, how, you know, true victimhood. And I think sometimes being a victim gets villainized because we use it negatively. Like don't play the victim or don't. Yeah. Sometimes you are a victim of a situation. Yes. yes. And that comes with stuff. You, you got to You got it. That comes with a hit to your worth, right? Like that. Yes. It feels, it threatens your worth. It doesn't actually change your worth, but it feels like, yes. And it's only through truly trusting that divine DNA, that unchangeable worth, mm. seeing us as God sees us. That's how we find the stability to get through when there's just like attacks coming to make you believe Satan wants you to believe that your worth is affected mm. and shamed. And that's not, that's not the path. That's yes. The that's so good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Um, Oh, we're running out of time now. I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. There's too, <laughs> <laughs> There's too much. Have I missed anything so far that you had highlighted? No, nope. We're doing so good. Okay. Um, I think the next part that I, I loved was, um, again, it's kind of the same thing, but that you never deserve. You don't, it's not, none of us get what we deserve for better. Yes. Right. Like, yes. and I think that if, if we're going to believe that we deserve the good things in our life, it, it gets tricky when we have bad things happen. And so yeah. I, the, the better solution is when the good things happen, it's not attached to my earning it. And when the bad things happen, it's not because I deserve, deserve. It. deserve That's it. really good. Yeah but it can be hard. We, it, you kind of got to take it from both sides. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I think, um, I just really liked how much, I mean, when we look at the, the bulk of this talk, the bulk of this talk is spent on, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve this. Your worth is unchangeable. God is with you. Christ is there. You are like, it's such an, an lifting, encouraging. Yes. And it I think really was, and I love when he wanted to pull in um, that, first of all, what you're talking about, he was precious in your sight, but also secondly, that Jesus Christ descended below all of this. Yes. You know, I love that he was like, there's nobody who could hear his voice, Elder Kieran's voice, mm -hmm. um, had to wonder if, um, if there was someone who wouldn't understand. Yes. Because I love when he took us to, Jesus has descended lower than all yeah. of it. Whatever is, whatever is the pain or the hurt you are harboring right now, yep. he knows that. And that is the one thing that I do love about Alma 7. And maybe we just pop in there for one second because I think this is so important. Because a lot of times we want to think about Jesus dying on the cross, overcomes. Like if I was going to ask you what, what did Jesus overcome when he died on the cross? We're generally going to answer two things. We are going to say death and sin. Mm. And that's because that's what we were taught in seminary. That's, that's the easy answer, yeah. right? When Jesus died on the cross, he overcame death and sin. I was which is true. Thinking. That is true. <laughs> um, but Alma opens that up for us 
which I love because I think we forget there's one other part of what Jesus did when he was on the cross. And for me, like, I'm super glad he overcame death. And I'm going to be really grateful for that on one day, the day that I die, right? <laughs> and I'm also going to be grateful for it um, when other people I know die, because that is going to bring me peace. And I love knowing Jesus died to overcome my sins um, as I go through that process of trying to overcome and become better. But I love when he says this, he shall go forth suffering pains and afflictions and temptations of every kind. I love that he includes pain mm -hmm. and affliction because what have you been afflicted with or who have you been afflicted by? Yeah. And, and he experienced that. He suffered that so that it would be fulfilled, which he said that he would take upon him the pain and the sicknesses of his people. And he would take upon him death. Yes. And um, he would take upon him sins. It tells us in 13, but also in 12, he would take upon us, him, our infirmities, right? That those hard things that are not sin or death. Yes. I love it in Alma. We are taught like really plainly. He took the hard thing, whatever it is. And I love when Elder Kieran said, please know that the Savior has descended below all things even what has happened to you. Because of that, he knows exactly what real terror and shame feel like and how it feels to be abandoned and broken. And I don't know how many of you have experienced abuse um, that are here with us today, but I love that Elder Karen called out those four things that seem to be so much a part of that story, that um, terror and shame and feeling abandoned and broken, like um, that hurts. Mm -hmm. That is pain. Um, and I think I love that he, he calls it out. Like somehow Elder Karen knows. Yeah. Somehow he is really able to articulate beautifully what that place feels like. And I think and it that oh, Jesus meets us there. And I think it's bringing it full circle to how we started of saying we're alone in it. It's private. We're crying at night. This is why we're never alone crying at night. Yes. Right? Like this is, and on like uh, a lighthearted example, I always think of it of like, you know, my minivan is often messy because I have four small children mm -hmm. and there's certain friends that if they get in my car, I'm like, Ooh. and there's certain friends that I'm just like, mm, sorry, I moved that cup. Like it's, we're good. Yes. I feel like Christ is a friend who would just get in and be like, my minivan has also looked like this, right? Yes. Like that, but then take it to the big, deep, heavy stuff. But I, I still remember I, I was, it was after my second baby. I had a second round of postpartum depression. It was one of the lowest points in my life. And it was in that moment, that time of my life that I finally learned that the atonement is for all suffering, that the, the mm -hmm. atonement is for everything. I had only ever framed it through repentance or yes. I sinned and let me fix it. Yes. And that time that I was like, no, it's not for just that. It, it's maybe even more for this. Yes. And, and really accessing the partnership that comes through Christ of yeah. you never are in it alone. You're never 
going through it alone and even the feelings of processing and the feelings of healing, he knows those too. And, and you're just, you're never alone in it. And there's not shame. There's never shame. He's never getting in your minivan and saying, this is disgusting. You're gross. Yes. That's ever how it is. Yeah. It's only ever same. And can I help you vacuum? That, mm -hmm. that, that's the energy always. And I know that the minivan is a funny analogy when we're talking about such heavy. Yeah, guns. but we know it. We know it. I think sometimes it's nice to, to view Christ as a lighthearted friend because yes. I, that's what, that's the kind of partnership that he's offering if, if we'll allow it. Yes. Yeah. Which is so good. And I love when we make him familiar like that, like tangible, like mm -hmm. that in the everyday, like that, because I really believe that is who he is. Like you think about where he met people. He didn't sit on a throne and say, come to me. He didn't sit in a synagogue and say, these are my hours at the synagogue. He went to the woman's well. The woman he at the went well. into the mom's bedroom of the daughter who yep. was dead. Like, what did that room look like when yeah. he walked in? You know, he, he went into people's stories. He's going to get in the minivan. Yeah, yeah, he is. And I think that's what the woman at the well is my favorite story. Um, and I, and that's what I think when we think about how to move forward. Right. And we hear things like become a disciple of Christ mm. or invite Christ into your everyday life. I'm like, I would love to how, like we live. Yes. In, how do I do that on a Thursday in 2022? What does that look like? And to me, it looks like remembering modesty and lifestyle no shame, no fear, connection, all of these things that we can really translate into our modern day of this is what it looks like today to be a disciple of Christ. Yes. That's why I loved this talk, talking so directly. It wasn't, there was no metaphors. It was just yeah. so directly and so clearly. So you didn't have to fill in any gaps. <laughs> yes. It was like, this is a problem of our day right now. And here's how Christ helps you through it. And mm -hmm. so I, I just love the modern day. This is a current problem. And here's how you apply Christ to it right now. In our yes. Day. Yes. And I loved that maybe we can end with this part because I thought this was so brilliantly done. Like my, I, my personality as a writer wants to be like, how many hours did these five sentences take you? Because they are so beautiful. Right, um, right at the very end when he says, Jesus specializes in the seemingly impossible. He came here to make the impossible possible, the irredeemable redeemable, to heal the unhealable, to write the unwritable, to promise the unpromisable. And he's really good at it. In fact, he's perfect at it. And I was like, oh, he could have just given that one quote and sat down. That quote was so good. Um, and I love that thought when we think about, this is why I loved this talk to end up our miracle discussion. Like that is a miracle. Mm -hmm. That one sent that, that one paragraph down there, that's the miracle when he can make perfect and redeem and do the impossible and all of those things. And then who loves that one line and he's really good at he's it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But that was the best part. Yes, he's really good at it. And that that that's it is like we experience miracles every single day. Every yes. time 
feel peace regardless of our circumstances, miracle. Every time we're able to access some healing from a hard situation, every time we're able to access forgiveness for ourselves or for others, these are miracles we're experiencing every single day when we see them and when we allow them. Mm -hmm. And I just, we don't have to problem solve for God. We don't have to solve it. It's not yeah. our problem. And that is such a relief. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this was so good today. And, uh, and it felt like it needed to be so good today because this talk that is our favorite talk from conference, you had to do it justice. I, it's and, like go big or go home, right? Yeah. So we, yeah. And Julie, <laughs> you were so good. Well, so um, that was so fun to have Julie on here. I'll tag your um, account for people who want to be able to find you there. And then I will see you back here next Thursday, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.